Welcome to Pause of Happiness podcast, where we get the scoop on everything dog. I want to invite you to find me on Instagram at Pause of Happiness Dogville, on Facebook at Pause of Happiness. So, today we are going to talk about the rise in bad decisions when it comes to dogs. I want to go over all the aspects you have to consider when you get a dog. I know I've done an episode sort of about that, but I want to lead into a lot of different things. So, the first thing is when you get a dog, you need to think about where you live. There's many factors in that. A, do you rent or own? That's a big one. Most renting places do not allow dogs. Yes, you can find some that do, but it's hard. Are you a perpetual renter? Do you plan to rent the rest of your life? I have a good friend of mine who loved dogs, grew up with dogs, got married, rented a house, and then she was able to buy that same house. Then she got a dog. That was the responsible thing to do. When she realized that she was going to stay at that house and it was going to be hers, she got a dog. Now, she says she's thought about getting another dog, but they travel a lot, so she decided that that wasn't a good idea. Okay, there you go. Smart thinking. So, if you are going to rent for the rest of your life, there's nothing wrong with that, but think about, is this dog going to be able to go to every place I rent? Is it going to be easy to find a rental property with a dog? It's not. So, if you're someone who doesn't feel like you're ever going to own, I would seriously, seriously think about whether you should have a dog or not. The second thing, do you move around a lot? Because, yes, dogs are portable. Yes, you can move very easily with a dog and people do it every day. I'm not saying that. But some people tend to struggle with this for many reasons. One of them is the renting issue. Like, even if you own, if you move, you might not be able to find a home to buy in the area you're moving in, especially if it's far away. And you might have to rent temporarily, which leads to another issue with your dog. The other thing is traveling to your new destination. If you're moving across town, that's not a big deal. But if you're moving somewhere where you're going to have to take a plane, that's going to be hard. If you're moving somewhere where it's in another country, that's going to be hard. So if you have plans to do these things, you might reconsider getting a dog. Not saying they can't be done, but you have to be sort of a determined person to make something like that work. I mean, I just heard a podcast about someone who traveled by bike through different countries and took their dog with them and I'm like wow and that is the with a dog podcast um the lady was adventure dogs or yeah I think it was adventure dogs so if you want to look that up she has a blog called um dog trekking or something like that I would definitely look that up if you're interested but it was on the with a dog podcast this week but um so it is possible to do wonderful things with your dog. I'm not saying it's not, but you have to be a determined person. Um, the other living issue is roommates. Do you have roommates? 
they might not want to live with a dog. Um, if you're someone who's always going to have roommates, then dogs might not go very well in that equation. Not saying it couldn't work, and it doesn't, but it's harder. Um, I've heard of a lot of successful roommate situations where one or both had dogs. So I know it works, but if that's something you're going to want to do all the time, I had a roommate who had a dog, and I did not at the time. And I love dogs and had always had a dog, so it wasn't a big deal. I just didn't have a dog then. And I don't think she was okay with me having a dog, but she was okay with her dog. But, um, so that worked out for me, and it worked out for her. She always had roommates until she got married. But, um, it, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, so that's your living situation. Carefully consider what you want to do as far as living. I've lived in my home for 20 years. I've owned it. No big deal. So I, I hope I don't ever have to rent again because dogs are a big part of my life. But there you go. So consider your living situation. The second thing is expense. There's going to be regular expenses with having a dog. Food. Entertainment. Whether it's toys. Gas to go to the park. Um, leashes. Um, collars. So let's let's divide it into categories. Let's do food and nutrition, and that might be vitamins or probiotics, all that. Okay. Then there's entertainment, which would be toys, uh, chews, gas to go to the park. Okay, so that's another expense for the dog, which their entertainment budget is probably going to be. Well, I don't know. I feel like I spend a lot on toys and shoes, but some people don't. Um, Okay, then you have medical, uh, you have vet bills, we, you have um, flea medication, you have heartworm medication, heartworm tests, shots, and if they're sick, that could be a lot. And then you have um, uh, apparel, which is collars, leashes, uh, ID tags, if they wear clothes, um, if you're having um, blankets, I mean, dogs need blankets and things like that. And uh, then you have crate, uh, maybe a crate. I recommend those. Or some sort of containment device. You might have baby gates. And then you also need to have, um, and this probably wouldn't be very expensive, but like, good laundry soap or boosters or smell good stuff for your house you know stuff for uh to keep everything fresh so i mean that can be a lot of money but when you add all that together um so expense that's a big thing i recommend having a budget um i have uh and also if your dog takes regular medication that goes into your health care budget so, like, every month I sit down and decide what I'm going to need to get. Um, my dogs are all coming due for their celestial collars, which are between $50 and $60 a piece, but they last for eight months. Um, and I actually sat down and I added it together and decided that um, I have a place that will let me pay $12 for a topical flea treatment each month. But if you do 12 times 4... 
that is $48 a month. Okay, so for, say, $58, I could have eight months of fleet. Well, you know, let's do 48 times 12. Hey, Google, what's 48 times 12? 48 times 12 is 576. Okay, that's 576 dollars. Okay, so let's just say the celestial collars, I usually, let's just say they're 55, because I usually get them on sale. Hey Google, what's 55 times four? 55 times four is 220. Okay, so, and we'll say, because they last eight months, so half of 220 is 110, so, the celestial collars are roughly $330 a month, where for the other I was paying like $500, I mean $330 a year, where the others were like $500 and something. So it was cheaper to do the celestial collars. Um, so that was one way I cut some expense and by doing a budget. Um, and then um, another thing you can do, now I haven't done the stats on that, but like the heartworm, if you do the flea preventative and the heartworm all in one pill, that might be cheaper. I, I haven't done it that way, but if you, you'll, you'll just have to add it up, like, cause you'd have to take, um, like I just did the celestial collar, um, but I don't know right offhand how much the like Semperica Trio or something like that would be that has the heartworm and the flea in it. Um, but that might be even cheaper if you do it that way. Um, so you just, so basically I have a budget and I decide, okay, what what's important? And then um, I shop sales. So I look at the today's deals on Chewy. I, um, I feed my dogs fresh food now, which how you look it, it's cheaper than a huge top-of-the-line kibble and I shop sales for that I go and get the vegetables from a produce market so you you have to sit down and make a budget that's what I recommend and figure out how to cut corners and tweak it often um so those are something you know that's something else to think about is your budget um then you have um another thing I do okay let's look at the um health care I get shots at a low income, or not a low income, but a low cost shot clinic, and you can do spay or neutering there too, and that cuts cost, and that is only 10 minutes from my house. Um, I travel 20 minutes away to the vet, 25 minutes, because he's a cheaper vet, but he's good, um, so that's why I cut cost, um, and then, um, let's see, what else, oh, those throws at Walmart that are real cheap. I use those for dog blankets. That's one way to cut costs. And so, you know, you just have to, you have to work at it, making things cheaper. Um, it's possible. Okay, so those are, you're considering your living situation, your home situation. Okay, dog sitting. Let's look at that. Okay, so how often do you travel? Um, if you travel very, very often, like, I'd say if you travel six times a year, I would recommend using a boarding facility or your vet or a groomer that boards. This is why, because they're reliable, they're bonded and insured, they're gonna be a little more professional. Yes, a lot of times the dogs are kept in a cage or crate the whole time and that's not good. 
but you, if you're traveling that much, you need um, reliable sitters. And a lot of times, people aren't as reliable. They can be, and if you have somebody that is, that's great. But I'm just saying that would be what I would recommend if you're traveling that often. Um, if you're traveling only like three times a year or less, you might be able to uh, find a sitter or just a person who has a sitting business and that might be good but those people get booked up and it's usually just one person and so it's hard to get in so in any situation I recommend that you have two different options for sitting at all times and if you travel like like I said like six times a year I would recommend three different venues for sitting maybe have your vet or your groomer and then have a uh, friend or family member if you found that to be helpful. And then maybe a private dog sitter. That, that's all they do. Um, so that is what I recommend. Um, I've done all of them, I think. Um, no, I don't think I've had a private sitter. But I know of one. Because um, they're kind of expensive. And that's the thing. The, the boarding facility is going to be pretty expensive. The dog, the private dog sitter is probably, if that's all they do, is going to be super expensive. And then a friend or family member is going to be the cheapest. But you don't know if that is going to be reliable. That's the only thing. I've not found that to be very reliable. They're not licensed, bonded, and insured usually. And they are probably not going to be as professional as you would like them to be. Now, there's always exceptions to every rule. So check these options out thoroughly, but that's what I recommend. Um, and as far as Rover and WAG, I personally don't want to do that because not all of them are licensed, bonded, and insured. Some of them are, and uh, I've found, from what I've found, those are to be very expensive because they're like private sitters. But another thing is anybody can get on those apps and say they're a dog sitter, whether they've had experience or not. They can lie. They don't check them out. So those are my issues. I've saw a lot of bad things happen with that. But if that's what you're doing and you're okay with it, continue. Um, don't fix what's not broken. Um, so those are the things that I would say. But you have to consider how much you travel with having a dog. Because so many people get dogs and then they um, don't realize that it's kind of a pain to try to figure out accommodations. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is I usually take my dogs with me. There is expense involved in that because cabins, hotels, and condos usually charge more for dogs. Um, not usually as much as a sitter though because I think you can pay one fee for the whole time you're there. Where at a sitter or a boarding facility you're going to pay per day. But I'm pretty sure when I've taken my dogs I just paid like a $40 fee for each dog. And sometimes they have weight limits and limits on how many dogs you can take. But... I have found that to be a lot easier for me. Some of them require them to be in crates when you're not there, which is fine with me. I've been managed to work that out. So that's what I found for me that works for me, but I only travel once or twice a year. So I don't really need anything major. Um, then the other thing is, um, the other option, that you need to think of is getting to know your dog. Uh, I would recommend fostering before you take on any dog because you have to worry about aggressiveness and different things. But I would highly recommend fostering because you don't know what you're getting into. So 
foster the dog, mate with the dog, um, introduce it to your dogs. That's super important. Introduce it to any family members or different types of people, elderly, children, whoever, disabled, whoever you're going to have it around because you don't want to make a mistake and take a dog into your home that's not safe. Um, and if a place will not let you foster before you take it in permanently or a person will not let you keep it temporarily, then I would move on and find somewhere that was that will because I feel like that's important to get to know the dog before you agree to take it in. And I would also look at entertainment for the dog um, as far as your work. Do you work a lot? If you work a lot, I would highly recommend um, doggy daycare. That's an option. It can be probably a little cheaper or expensive. Sometimes people will just watch your dog during the day while you're at work. I wouldn't just get rid of my dog or not get a dog because I work long hours. I feel like working while having a dog is important because you can afford it better. So I think that's a good thing. Um, and if you are working in a job that's seasonal, kind of, sometimes seasons have busy times and you have to work more hours. I feel like you can work that out with doggy daycare or a sitter or something. Um, but factor that in when you're getting a dog. How many hours do you have to devote to your dog? How much social time do you need with your friends? Do you go out a lot? Do you spend, do you go on day trips? You know, factor all that in when you're getting a dog. Um, if, if that's, you know, write it all down if you need to. Sit there and say, okay, time, money, entertainment, you know, do how much am I going to want to interact with this dog? And you need to factor the age of dog. Not everybody needs to get a puppy. I, I really strongly say that. You don't have to get a puppy. Maybe a senior dog would work better. Senior dogs usually, well, I mean, sometimes they can have bladder issues. But, like, usually they don't need to be let out as much as a puppy unless they've got health problems. But senior dogs can have health problems, which could be more expensive. But you can find some healthy seniors. So, just factor age of the dog, what kind of dog you need, write down all the things. And usually a rescue or a um, shelter or just a breeder is going to know, like, write all that down. Say, okay, I'm, I'm going to have this many hours at work. I'm going to be able to do this and that. Write all the things you can do down. And then that will help you decide what kind of dog you want and um, if a dog is good for your home. So, hopefully this has been helpful. This is Vision Through the Mist.